If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is an absolutely tragic morning for anyone involved, for everyone here uh, who have kind of got the rundown of what happened here this morning. But again, it has been confirmed that three people died here this morning. So officers were dispatched to this house here behind me, just past the tape you could see uh, at around 2 a.m. This is located on 89th Street in Redmond. We're told the woman who called 911 called from a neighbor's house, said this was a stalker situation, like you said. Now we're told four shots were fired. When officers arrived, they found a 35-year-old man, the husband of the household, laying in the front yard there who had been shot in the chest. They tried to save his life. He ultimately died. When officers got inside the home, they found his 33-year-old wife and the 38-year-old suspect who were both dead from gunshot wounds. Redmond PD tells us that suspect broke into the home, broke into a window to get in. We're told the suspect did all the shooting here. So he shot the husband, shot the wife who he'd been stalking, and then turned the gun on himself. Now, the man had been stalking the victim for some time now from what we have been told. She did file a no-contract restraining order against him. However, investigators had yet to serve him that because we were told that he was a truck driver and, and he was just always out of the area. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor and writer producer of Criminal Minds. And with me today is... Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, founder of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service and host of the podcast Crime Analyst. And we're without Lisa today, Jim. Yeah. She's doing good things, though. She's doing good yes. things. Yeah. And we wanted to jump on and, and discuss a case that has really concerned us. And we wanted to talk to everybody about it. And unfortunately, Lisa couldn't make this time. So do yeah. you want to go ahead and describe the case, Jim? Yeah, sure. This happened yesterday in Redmond, Washington. And basically, as soon as I heard stalking, I knew Laura would want to get involved in this. And... This is unfortunately another double homicide by a stalker and the victims, and they are Zore Sadagi is the wife and Muhammad Nazari is the husband. They were both shot dead in their own homes in Redmond, Washington. And as it turns out, a third person who was stalking Zore is the one that broke into their home and shot them dead, and then killed himself. It's a terrible, terrible crime. And as soon as I told Laura, Laura said, 
I bet you we're going to find out that this is not a single incident, that it didn't just happen, that there's a history of violence and threats behind this. And sure enough, within hours, they started reporting that. And it's really alarming, isn't it, Jim? Zoe was a podcaster. And that's also why we felt compelled to talk about the case. She was the podcaster and that's how they met. And we're not going to name the stalker intentionally, but they met through the Clubhouse app and they were talking originally about her work, which she basically helped people who spoke Farsi in North America find jobs in the tech industry. And so they met under that, basically, So, which can happen. I mean, oftentimes right. as podcasters, we talk to lots of different people and we don't always know their intention behind things, but she became very concerned and alarmed about his behavior and his messages to her. Right. She spoke to the police in November 2022. And yes, I did predict that there would be a history and no doubt he has a history with other women, possibly men, given that he was 38, 39, depending on which report you read. But what I know about the stalker is that they don't just start in their third or fourth decade of life. They will have had attachment issues through their life. And I know that he has an ex-wife and a daughter. And I think that his history needs to be looked at extensively because we know that he shot Zoe and Mohammed in their home address and police were called at 1.45 a.m. on Friday morning. Zoe's mother was living at the address too. And he, the stalker, broke through a window in the early hours. It was mum who tackled him. She fought with him. And she then managed to escape and she went into a neighbor's house and called 911. And that's why the police were on the scene so quickly. But unfortunately, the husband, Mohammed, was in the front doorway and police saw him stood there and they tried to talk with him and then he just collapsed. And unfortunately, they couldn't resuscitate him through CPR. But they went into the home address and they found Zoe in the master bedroom. She had been shot and the stalker, he had a self-inflicted wound as well that also killed him. And the mother survived this. So it is an absolutely horrific case with a whole litany of behaviors prior to this, what I call a murder in slow motion to this homicide event. So let's go back a little bit, Laura. So this is, this is the issue that you raised about how this offender got fixated onto Zoré was that she was hosting a podcast that was trying to help people. And in fact, he was one of the people that reached out to her for help and she was being kind to him. She was helping him out and talking to him and, you know, consider was being friendly to him. And that is something that we do. We get, we get people to reach out to us from all around the world all the time because we're putting ourselves out there. And this is a risk that many famous people have to put up with all the time. Many people who, who are actors, for example, or recording artists will have fans quote fans that reach out to them and then start acting strangely and start becoming possessive and start making, you know, veiled threats. And at, at some point, this guy who will remain unnamed, this guy said that if she didn't go out with him now, now, this is a married woman, all right, that if she didn't go out with him, he was going to set himself on fire and kill himself. So right then and there, that 
when when you know that somebody has gotten to the point where they don't respect their own life, this is a real risk factor for homicide. Suicidal ideation is very close. There's a very thin line between that and homicidal ideation in these kind of cases. I'm not saying that everybody that's suicidal is also homicidal. What I'm saying is when you have the additional factor of stalking involved in a case and somebody has reported that they are willing to take their own life, that is a serious risk factor. And what Zore did was she applied for basically an order of protection, a no contact order, and she got it. But this guy was a truck driver and police said it was difficult to tie him down, to find out where he was. He was apparently in the area at the time. And he had he had watched for Zore's husband to leave the house, and then he approached the house. So there was other attempts at direct contact. These are all exacerbating factors that increase the risk. And what happened? Instead of the officers posting someone there, knowing this was a serious risk, They just didn't do anything, apparently. No, and this is one of the key issues, actually, with all stalking cases. And you mentioned celebrities, Jim. Well, let's just talk about them quickly in the sense that it's horrible and it is so distressing and fear-inducing. It is like a terrorism when someone starts stalking you. It is so intrusive. And for celebrities, they have the money and the means and the access to the best risk assessors in the world, the Gavin DeBeckers, who has his threat assessment center, to LAPD here in Los Angeles, who have their threat management unit. And we knew Jeff Dunn, who set it up. And, you know, why I set up Paladin, the National Stalking Advocacy Service, was for the normal person, because I wanted people to have the best access to the knowledge and to advocates who can help them and it be a free service because at the worst time in your life I believe that you should get the best service and as a victim of stalking myself and I know you've been stalked as well Jim it really is terrifying when someone and I'm going to define what stalking is because I think that's an important part of this conversation Um, so when it's really a pattern of unwanted fixated and obsessive behavior which is intrusive And that intrusive part's important, and it causes fear of violence or serious alarm or distress. And when I was the CEO of Paladin, we defined it in 2017 because it seemed that lots of people in the UK, when I changed the law and set up Paladin, officers were struggling to understand what stalking was. So now we know, and the key components, as I said, are unwanted, fixated, obsessive, intrusive behavior that's a pattern. So you know to look for a pattern. And you mentioned risk. What we know, and with Drs. Lorraine Sheridan and Carl Roberts, I created a 12-question item checklist for those high-risk factors and stalking when the stalker's behavior is problematic. And one of those key questions is about the victim's fear. And we know that Zoe was really fearful. She had reported that he had threatened to kill himself and to kill her, to harm her too, Mm. to tie himself to her favorite tree at her house. So he knew she had a favorite tree and he knew where it was. And he said that he would self-immolate. So you've got somebody who is turning up, not just sending messages. And some of the messages in in one day might be a hundred messages. He would call her husband. He would call and contact her friends. 
and he would turn up at the address. And that's another very important point because someone who's turning up unannounced more than three times, that's a high risk factor. Just doing anything. One of the risk factors is just doing anything in the real world. There's a lot of people that will say things online because they're protected by the anonymity. There's a lot of people that will threaten online. But when you actually do something in the real world, travel to the location, to where the the victim lives or works or plays, that is an extreme risk factor. And in this case, Basically, he must have obviously surveilled them at at other times, but he actually went and delivered flowers to her right after her husband left the house. And and that's when she called the police. And this is a serious problem. He's calling her from motels and other people's numbers, and the motels are in the area where she lived. And so this should have been seen as an extremely risky case. And the kind of risk that should have, and and of course, this is all in hindsight, but there was plenty of, of indications in advance, but should have gotten the police to act in a way to protect them, not just rely on a paper that they hadn't even served. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. talking about the turning up well it tells us that he has her under surveillance and that is important it also the threats what we know in the research is that if a stalker makes a threat to harm or kill if they've had no relationship with the victim then one in ten of them act and do it if they've had a relationship i.e there's been an intimate relationship then it's one in two so really you have to take every threat seriously and this wasn't a case that was seen as high risk and you mentioned the suicidal ideation gym that's one of the high risk factors too when you can become homicidal and you should be assessed for that so the 12 questions he ticked positively pretty much all of them and yet law enforcement didn't act well what they did is that on january the 16th they did give him a warning 
Okay. So one of the key issues that I always have is why are we warning stalkers? They know what they're doing and they should be arrested. If there is an offence, i.e. their behaviour, and normally it's about a course of conduct, two or more behaviours, that's arrestable. And stalking is a crime in every state in America and the same in England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland. So it should be arrested for. And most victims, what we know from research is that 77% of them suffer 100 stalking behaviours before they even pick up the phone to the police. So we know that pattern will be there. And she did everything right. This is what really concerns me in all the cases that I review is that what happens when the victims do everything right? She called the police in November. She called them again in January when his behavior was escalating. And she said that his voicemails were vulgar. He was angry. He was threatening. And she was fearful. She'd had a recent back operation. And so she wasn't as mobile. And she was fearful that he would come to her address and try and kill her and she wouldn't be able to run away and escape. Yeah. And this is exactly what happened, Jim. And this is why all of the behaviors are a foreshadowing that this was a very serious and high risk case. And more to the point, he was a dangerous stalker. He was a dangerous person. He's he's told everybody that he wasn't going to stop until he killed himself or or was killed. And that is a real risk factor. If somebody doesn't care about dying, they're not going to care that the court has issued an order to keep him away. This is a real violent illness. And it is something that that you cannot just let go. You have to address it. Yes. And too often it's not addressed because law enforcement think it will just stop on its own. But someone like him will not stop. He was actually increasing his behavior and escalating it. And the one thing that I'll say is what I say to all law enforcement is that you have to be proactive in these investigations. You have to collect the evidence. And the fact that a stalker wants to get up close and personal and turns up at someone's address, put a camera in. Okay. At the very least, put cameras in because you will see him there. And when she calls 911 and 999, you turn up at the address and you arrest that stalker or you put them under surveillance. Yeah, but what you they're know? saying is we're not going to do any of that until he violates the order of protection. So he has to he ha- they have to serve him with it and then they will go after him. In other words, they're not just letting the fact that he's committing the crime be enough to arrest him. And that's a problem in these cases cuz the risk is so high. What you have to do is as Laura said, is be proactive, get out there, actually do something. If he's committed this crime, which he clearly has, he's been told not to call her and he calls her, he keeps threatening her, he threatens to kill himself or her, all those things are crimes that that he can be arrested for. Exactly, Jim. And the issue is if they warned him on January the 16th, they could have arrested him, him then. The question is, why didn't they? And I just don't buy what law enforcement say. And, you know, it is very unfortunate that they come out and say things. And I did listen to what the Richmond police chief said. And he said that this was a tragic event. And for me, this is not a tragic event that's unpreventable. This, and that's what tragic event or tragedy, and we've talked about this before, Jim, that's what law enforcement are saying when they use that term. This is preventable. 
And these murders in slow motion, I always call them that because you get that pattern. And I always say stalkers take lives and they steal lives. They take your life because they hold you hostage in it. And you're so fearful as Zoe was that she wasn't opening her curtains in the morning, that she was fearful he was outside her house. She changed her behavior because she felt like she was entrapped in her own prison, which was her home because of his behavior. And that limits your potential. And that is really distressing. And you have adrenaline running through your body, which is very negative to be in this heightened state of alert all the time. And when you're calling police and they're not really getting it, it is really horrific to be living when you're on red alert and in fear of someone's behavior and people aren't actively proactive. I should say people aren't proactively investigating that person and you're just being fobbed off, being told, get a piece of paper. Because I always say pieces of paper do not protect. They're not bulletproof. They're not stab proof. It's just a piece of paper. It makes the professional feel like they're doing something. But a piece of paper is not good enough in a case like this. There has to be proactive action. And the police chief said that it was a horrific tragedy. It's an incredibly sad situation and the worst possible outcome of a stalking case will continue investigating what led to this tragic loss. That's no comfort to the family, to Zere's mother, to Mohammed's family. That's just not good enough. And he said that we haven't had a murder since 2021. But why is A, that relevant? And B, there were lots of things that they could have done. Yeah, why didn't they you didn't prevent do. this one? Exactly. You know, so it's just not good enough. We've both had people stalking us. We've both had family members, friends, colleagues who have gone through the same thing. And it's very scary. Because you don't know what's going to happen. And it has to be, it, it to be in that position has to be one of the scariest things. And to be in that position and have all these risk factors, these alarms, these red flags just glaring in the face of law enforcement, and then they don't take significant steps to prevent rather than having this, quote, tragedy that they have to clean up after. Well, you can't clean up. A dead person, two dead people, two more lives lost because this stalker felt that he could he could get away with it. And he did. He was going to take his own life and he was going to take them out with him. It's just aggravating. Yeah. And he said what he was going to do. And that's why I always say take stalking and take stalkers seriously. You know, put that surveillance camera in. And I've watched so many cases of a victim stalked for five years and a camera didn't go into her home address. And as I always say, it's cold comfort to a victim when I have to tell them that the stalker will want to get up close and personal at some point. But for law enforcement, that provides the opportunity and you have to have a proactive investigation. No case falls in your lap, right, Jim, where you just get all the evidence falling into your lap with a nice written up report. You have to do that legwork. And why in 2023 we're seeing cases like this happening, it's it's the reason why I set up Paladin, so that victims do have that service, that somebody does understand what's happening to them and more so can support them. Because whilst you're trying to set, stay alive and survive, you also have to battle people in the system. And that the war of attrition just wears you down. So she did do everything right. This was clearly, for me, a high-risk case. And it's just not good enough when law enforcement come out and say, well, it was just tragic. 
and why Jim and I wanted to talk about this, because when we talk about what those warning signs are, people might recognize it in their own situations, their own cases, and we want to make sure that we educate as well as obviously give our condolences to the families yeah. because we want to honor them as well in this and as podcasters and, and as professionals, but also to people who have been stalked, who know that it is life-changing when it happens to you, that you need people to take it seriously and help. You know, and I do wish that there was a, a paladin here in America. We know that just under 8 million people are stalked every year and there's still no victim advocacy service where you can call up and you can get that level of support and they can work with the police to make sure that the police really understand which cases are high risk, which cases need a very proactive response. Because with stalking, with coercive control, with men who indecently expose, these cases are just falling between the cracks and the victims are being let down and, and they're paying with their lives. Yeah, well, it has to stop. Hopefully, you will be able to start up something here. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety five. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. Pet Med's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. Pet Meds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and talking about this. We'll be following this case and we'll talk again about further developments, further information that comes out. But hopefully the people out there who are in a situation similar to this will now understand this is the worst possible scenario, but it happens. And we can't just look at that piece of paper that the system will give you as protection. There's there's a lot more that can be done and should be done. As Laura said, everybody should ha have security cameras around their house so that if somebody's breaking in, there is documented proof that that somebody is d breaking the law and they can be arrested immediately. And that's what should be done in this kind of case, because unfortunately, him being free and not addressing the the clear, violent 
mental illness that he's going through, that is a problem. He ha- you, we have to deal with this. And just like we have to deal with mass shooters and how they exhibit similar red flags, and yet they are still allowed to get guns. This guy had a gun. He should have no gun. He should have no right to have a gun. And yet he had a gun and he was able to kill two other people and himself with it. If he didn't have the gun, it wouldn't have happened. Well, he may have killed her a different way. It may have been difficult, more difficult for him to do it. Yeah, but the the gun, weapons were talked about. And on March the 17th, there was going to be a hearing. And the guns were meant to be taken away from him because they did believe that he may have had access to weapons. So that is a major issue that no action was, was taken. But they could have got him, right? They could have found him. Although the chief said, well, he was in Texas. No, he was coming to her home address. Right. And he was and calling they could from have local, served. local hotels. Yeah. They could hotels. have arrested him. And it's not up to victims to change their behavior. You know, too often law enforcement will say, well, do this, change your name, change address, disappear yourself, change your phone, don't go on the internet. All this terrible advice, which actually puts someone more at risk, that what I've been campaigning for and what I spent my 27 years working in for 10 of them in law enforcement is turning the tables on these guys and going after them proactively. You can't just be passive in the process. We have to look at the most dangerous offenders. And that's exactly why dangerous domestic abusers and stalkers should be on the same register as sex offenders. Their history should be joined up. Because like I said, he won't have just started this at 38, 39. There will be a history. I mean, Jim, we don't know, you know, and I'm not a clinical psychologist, but I do spend a lot of time going through cases and the stalker's psychology and what's going on. What we do know is not all of them are mentally unwell. And, you know, some of them, it is just about control. They want control and they become fixated and obsessed. They want a relationship and they won't take no for an answer. Others, of course, do have... Uh, mental illness. But the point is that they need to be assessed properly in front of psychiatrists and psychologists who are trained in stalking, and then they can be diagnosed. And quite often, a criminal justice response is needed as well as a therapeutic and forensic medical response too. Quite often, it's the two things together, but stalkers can be diverted out of the criminal justice system as, oh, well, they've just got some kind of mental illness and they need help. Oftentimes, like this case, the stalker is dangerous and they need a criminal justice intervention as well as potentially a medical intervention too. And at times you have to do the two things together. But here he was just left to carry on. And the problem that we know is that if they're just allowed to carry on and enabled, they escalate and it green lights their behavior if they're not stopped and held to account. And that's why it's so important. We have to prevent these murders in slow motion and use the knowledge that we have. And it is extensive. There are lots of world-renowned experts on stalking and stalkers and victims. So I really want law enforcement to reach out to the experts who who can assist in these cases, but they must prioritize them and identify them first. And that unfortunately didn't happen in Zoe Sadegi's case and, and Mohammed Naziri. And the last thing I'll just say is for our listeners to look at the media reporting on the case, because when I first looked at it, and Jim, you sent uh, an article link, what was being reported was a husband and his wife were killed. And the husband was the secondary victim, right? The primary victim was Zoe Sadegi. 
she was the primary victim. That's important for us to understand. And I do worry when I see the victim who's put sort of secondary in it, because it means that we mask what's really going on with these cases. And the husband and wife, I really don't like cases being reported like that. Um, now we're starting to see a bit more of a clearer picture emerge, but the reports are saying podcaster. And yes, that is important for us to understand, particularly in the podcasting community. We should take our safety very seriously. But there can be this biased reporting that masks the issue. And she was the primary victim. He was clearly trying to protect her, right? And that's why stalkers are at risk, not just to the primary victim, but to others around the victim who are trying to protect the victim and keep them safe. And that's where we see violence spilling out to other people. So we must take stalking cases and the stalker seriously. Absolutely. Well, if any of our listeners or anybody you know is having thoughts of harming themselves or killing themselves, please reach out to suicide hotlines in your area. We'll post some of them uh, in the show notes of this episode. But this is a serious issue that needs to be addressed if you're going through that or somebody you know is going through that. Also, if you are experiencing and being subjected to stalking, then do look on the Paladin website. There's a lot of information for victims on there. And it's really important that you do speak to an expert who can help you. But I'll leave you with a couple of things to think about. And that's the acronym REPORT. R is to report it to the police and to tell other people what's happening to you. E is for evidence collection. Make sure you collect the evidence because oftentimes law enforcement don't. P is get practical advice from an expert. The O is for an overview. Keep your diary, time, date, stamp of what happened, who else saw it and the impact of that event on you. R is for risk assessment. You can look at the 12 risk screening questions in a stalking case on the Paladin website. And T is for trust your instincts. And I say that every time in cases, if you feel that you are at risk, you most likely are and don't minimize it and rationalize it. Call for help, get yourself to a place of safety, get yourself in a place where there are other cameras or people around and call 911 and ask for urgent help. So you don't have to suffer alone. There are experts out there. So that's an important thing to think about. And yes, Jim, when you're suffering and you're being subjected to stalking, you may well have suicidal thoughts yourself. And we know, certainly through my work advocating for victims, sometimes victims will take their own life because they've just been worn down and they're worn out and they feel like they've got no hope. So that's another really important point. All right. Thank you, Laura. And till next time, thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile, signing off. If you like listening to our show and appreciate the work that Jim and Laura do and their expertise, you can do us a big favor. Please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our pod and leave us a five-star rating and write your thoughts about why you enjoy our show. It really, really is important and helps other people find us. Also, did you know that you can share our episode? It is so easy. On the Apple Podcast app, click the three dots drop down menu and you'll see an option to share to your socials or to a particular person and then they can hear for themselves why you love listening to Real Crime Profile. Thank you so much for your support. Hey Prime members. 
You can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. You have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. You're not your enemies. You never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th... This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now. Real Crime Profile was created by Jim Clemente, Laura Richards, and Lisa Zambetti. Produced by Laura Richards, Lisa Zambetti, Jim Clemente, and XG Productions, and distributed by Wondery. Editing by Nick Jaworski at Podcast Monster. Logo art by Jim Clemente. Music composed and performed by Simba Tsumba. <laughs> <laughs>